This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Mike Kay. Today, we're going to discuss Dallas Goddard's contract extension, Miles Sanders' status for Sunday, and we'll preview the matchup against the Saints. This is a little different because I'm doing the intro now, but Mike, how are you doing? I'm awful. <laughs> That's why you're doing the <laughs> intro. Um, so I'm sorry we, we didn't get uh, a post-game podcast done for uh, Denver, which rightfully deserved one. I've just been battling a cold, if you can hear it in my voice, the uh, the past week. Um, Chris is going to carry us in this one, but we, you know, the Dallas Goddard contract extension – Felt like it needed to be addressed. We also needed to preview the Saints game. Um, so Dallas Goddard gets a contract extension of four years, $59 million, according to multiple reports. It includes $35.7 million in guaranteed money. What's your take on the extension, Chris? Well, I thought that was the right thing to do for the Eagles. I mean, especially when you look at the pieces that they have around when it comes to the future and and what the tight end market was beyond. Now, the Eagles did this contract extension just before Dallas Goddard was set to become a free agent. And it was smart to do it right now because I think a lot of teams, when you look at the tight end market and the way that teams are using tight ends offensively as pretty much lining them up anywhere, anywhere on the field – Goddard has that ability to do that. He's a very athletic guy, has good hands, and he's under very underrated as a blocker. So those are all attributes you definitely want to have in your tight end. And when you look at what this contract value is, he's just behind, I believe it's just behind Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews of the Ravens. And that's where you should be slotted. I mean, the Eagles are banking that he's going to be a guy who can carry this team at that position for – foreseeable future and i thought it was very interesting that he uh he mentioned that today when we had the chance to talk to him at the press conference he mentioned that he's looking forward to be that leader as well too and we all know the role that zach Ertz played while he was here in philadelphia before he traded to the arizona cardinals you saw that he played he was he was a leader among them especially toward the end of his time here he's one, one of those veteran guys and you look what Goddard is looking to do now. He he's the oldest of a very young offensive skill position set. When you look at the age of 
Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager. He's the senior guy there, and he has an opportunity now to be the guy that can lead this team offensively and, and be that voice along with the quarter Jalen Hurts and or if they decide to go another route. That's a whole other story. But overall, I thought it was a great it was a great decision to sign him. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think this was, you know, the second they traded Zach Ertz, this had to become a priority. And I, I think, look, Dallas is ranked as the third highest graded tight end by Pro Football Focus. And for good reason, as Nick Sirianni said in his press conference after the contract extension, he's one of the few guys that really kind of transcends being either a receiving or a blocking tight end because he can do both. And I think he is – a guy that makes a lot of sense for this offense, especially if they want to run a lot of 11 personnel because of his ability to block and catch. You know, you're not sacrificing a receiving spot. You're not sacrificing a blocking spot ever with him on the field. So it made a lot of sense to me. If you look at the way the Eagles script plays, especially early on in games, those scripts are typically written around either Devontae Smith or, or Dallas Goddard. And if you even want to call Dallas Goddard the number two weapon on the offense, which would be a same take, um, it was important they got him locked up if they were going to continue this young transition period. And I agree with you. I think it's a great point about the tight end market heading into the offseason. He would have easily been the highest paid tight end coming into free agency. He's only 26. This allows him – you know, to to kind of reach thir- his year 30 season and then cash in during free agency again. Tight ends in this league that are really good typically played up there about 35. So he's in a good spot. And I think he's a guy who's delivered with Zach Ertz out. In the past four weeks, he's caught 14 passes for I think it was like 213 yards. And by the way, he only played like a, a quarter in this pre in this previous game because of uh, the concussion protocol because of the hit yeah. Justin Simmons put on him, um, so I think I think this was a smart investment. I think this was a smart investment by the Eagles. Now the three of the four remaining 2018 draft class members have been locked up. Avante Maddox is the sole guy who has in. He was a fourth round pick back then. We obviously know he and Dallas Goddard are best friends. Um, you know, I could see it to where they would sign Avante Maddox. But that said, Nickel Corner is such a difficult market to kind of scope and kind of, um, I guess, project because there are guys that play really well and then get one-year deals. There are guys that play really well and get big deals. There are guys that play poorly and still get big deals. So it's really, I mean, nickel cornerbacks are in the eye of the beholder. And we saw with Brandon Boykin, when you're a nickel corner, you're smaller, you're typically not fast, long speed, but you take on tight ends and you take on running backs and that wears on you. And nickel corners are, are like running backs. They, their shelf life is not very good. So that's something that Howie Roseman in the front office need a way moving forward. What's your take on a potential extension for Avante Maddox? Well, I think that's I, I think in a way when you heard the way that uh, Goddard spoke, you kind of wonder like if if it's already like it's near to being completion because he said that all the members of the uh, his draft class were uh, locked up, and I think he's thinking about this well too. And I think they just wanted to focus today being on Dallas Goddard Day, but I, it would make sense to sign him. I mean. Uh, when you look at when the Eagles were really, truly successful, especially early on in the 2000s, that's when they had the Bobby Taylor, the Troy Vincent, and, and then you had the Al Harris. And when you have – and with the propensity for more offenses now to play that 11 personnel, meaning at the three wide receivers, you want to have as many cornerback – good 
top tier cornerbacks that are going to be able to defend that. And when you look at the way it, how much three wide receivers sets they do, you, you need you need to have somebody that can lock up as well too. And I think Maddox can be that guy coupled with. Darius Slay, and then if Nelson comes back, or if they break, they use somebody else in that in the outside corner role. So, if it's going to be very, imp- I think it's going to be, it has to be a priority now with Goddard being signed. I think it might, it's going to have to be a priority with, with having Maddox up there, so that way you have you solidify somebody to be another part of the young core of that defense. And then he, he's already familiar with the system; he knows Philadelphia. I mean, heck, he's big. We, we we all know about the. Uh, yeah, a couple like uh, things with them being roommates too. So uh, it, it just makes a lot of sense for them to sign it and and just to move on from there. But uh, yeah, going on next now, we also we talk to uh, speaking of guys who looking to come back and maybe part of his future or not. Uh, we're looking at Miles Sanders now. Miles Sanders is still coming back. He's he hasn't been activated yet from a twenty one day window. Well, he had his twenty one day window activated uh, coming back from that ankle injury, and the Eagles have some. Interesting decisions to make if they do activate him. Mike, what do you think about Sanders potentially coming back and what moves that could be made? Well, I mean, they're going to have to make a roster reduction. I'd imagine that would be somebody like Jack Anderson, who uh, was limited this week late, um, going on injured reserve. Uh, I think they like the young core that they have. But yeah, I mean, look, I think Miles Sanders, like Nick Sirianni said, if he's healthy, he's their best running back. But I also wouldn't interfere with the momentum you've got in the hot hands of Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. That could mean that Kenny Gainwell takes a step back, which would be a weird function of this offense with the way that this team is kind of one door into a transition period and another door into trying to compete for the playoffs. So, look, Nick Sirianni wants to win. Uh, Kenny Gainwell's made some mistakes down the stretch. Nothing too major. I mean, he had that fumble against the Raiders that seemed to be like kind of the, the start of his downfall as far as snaps are concerned. But maybe it means you put Kenny Gainwell as the kick returner, and that's how you service special. You service his role. Um, but, yeah, I think Miles Sanders coming back gives them another receiver out of the backfield. It gives them another weapon uh, who's going to have fresh legs, um, even with the ankle injury. And I would ease him back in. I think, look, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard have showed you enough that that you know that they're going to get positive yards. The thing with Miles Sanders is always, with me has always been his vision. If he if he if he hits holes properly the way this team has been playing, then I think he's going to be a standout. If he continues to bounce around and not see holes, he's going to have trouble, and it's going to stunt this this running game. So, what's your take on on the whole running back situation? Well, I think I, I personally I wouldn't mind rolling with four going into this game, especially with. It, 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 one, you don't know even if even if Sanders is activated and he's good to go. I don't know how quickly he'd be able to get behind it because to me, when I look at a running game, I look at it being a rhythm. I look at it being a time where hey, you, you got the timing down between the quarterback to the running back and the line, the offensive lineman blocking out in front and they've been running a lot of north south lately and I think that's what's been very successful with this Sanders and that and this is not to disparage him at one bit Sanders has the creativity to get out of some of those tight situations where he's able to bounce things up when the whole, when there's not a hole there and he's bounce them outside or vice versa bounce it back inside and that's the thing that I think 
if he comes back, it's going to take some time to get that flow again, to get him reacclimated there. If anything, I would look potentially maybe like sitting down, like say Teron Jackson, uh, the defensive end, Teron, the rookie defensive end, because I think you can still utilize a lot of these running backs in different ways. I mean, you can still use that the, the vaunted speed, uh, the speed package, the 21 personnel still have Gainwell and Sanders on the field. You can still use Jordan Howard ways. You can still use Boston Scott in a lot of ways too. It just forces those defenses to prepare for a lot more, a lot more potential formation looks and work and have Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator, worry about, okay, well, I have to worry about this package coming on the field. I have to worry about this happening. So I, I probably would put four on there and just find a way and just plug in Gainwell somewhere or Scott somewhere as well too, special teams wise and put him in there. But overall, if if he does come back, I think that Sanders could Sanders will it'll take a little bit, but he'll be all right. Well, you bring up Teron Jackson. Um, they might have trouble stashing him, but they might not have trouble opening up a a spot because Derek Barnett's dealing with a neck injury. So it could mean that he's inactive this week, and then Teron Jackson has to step up, which would be intriguing to me because I, I think he has shown some flashes of potential. Um, maybe they put Patrick Johnson with his hand down a couple of times. Maybe they put Jannard Avery with his hand down a couple of times. Ryan Kerrigan and Derek Barnett just aren't – really contributing at a consistent pace. And I think, you know, if, if the Eagles continue to play, you know, press man a little bit more and play a little bit more blitzes, like I think it doesn't hurt to put some young guys in and see what they can do. Um, let's, you brought up the Saints, so let's get kind of get into that. I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you the floor because I feel like I'm not going to be able to talk. So <laughs> what success to you about the Saints offense? What success to you about their defense? How do the Eagles win this game? Well, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I, when I went in looking at the schedule coming in at the beginning of the season, I just thought this was just going to be a revenge game because the Saints were, I think, believe it, the number one seed at the time when the Eagles beat them last year was Jalen Hurts' first start. And I really thought that the Saints had this game circled and there is just going to be a flat-out win. But when you look at now the, the questions about uh, Alvin Kamara and the injury he has, I believe it's sprained MCL or stuff like that, you got the Saints' questions on question marks when it comes to their tackles, and they're questionable for the game, for, for the Sunday's game. And you don't have Michael Thomas on the field at all? I look at the, the combination of that, and I think the Eagles' defense can hold their own against tra- quarterback Trevor Simeon and, and Sean Payton calling the plays. I, I think Ty Montgomery – I'm uh, sorry, excuse me, Mark Ingram. Oh, I'm sorry, I got, I got the Packers on my mind. I don't know. But, well, when I think about uh, Mark Ingram, I, I thought he had he had that game. He had a good game. He had a touchdown when he first came back with the Saints and the hoopla. Well, I think the adrenaline wears off a little bit, and especially with the tackles, the Saints tackles potentially not being able to play. I look at this more of a, as a chance for those defensive ends to actually get a lot more pressure. And I worry, and I think the Saints are going to worry about protect, making sure they help them out on the outside which opens up things even more for guys like Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett. So I think the Eagles have the edge here when it comes to the defensive line versus the Saints offensive line, and that makes things tough for Trevor Simeon. And and offensively, when I look at what the Saints present themselves and I look what the Eagles can do, Saints are very tough against the runner, one of the best rushing defensive teams in the league right now. And given the way that the Eagles have averaged over 200 yards of rushing over the last three weeks – and you look at the success they have, I still think, honestly, think they can still do that against the Saints, de- the Saints defense. That 
the interior line, uh, the interior lines, the whole offensive line is playing well. Eagles are rushing, running the ball behind the left side at, at a clip of at least like more than five yards of carry behind uh, the the the, uh, the athletic uh, fr- athletic refrigerator of a uh, left guard Landon Dickerson and the walk-in freezer of uh, Jordan Maialata. And they found something when it comes to this identity of this team and when it comes to the overall offensive philosophy. And I think that's going to continue when you see when the Eagles go against the Saints. The Saints are probably. It, and I think when you look at Dennis Allen, he's look probably looking at this offense and just going, "Hey, you know what? We got to stop the run. That's the and, and force Jalen Hurst to throw the ball." Well, if you stop the run, it, I think they'll still get enough success that the Saints are going to have to honor that, and that's going to open up the play action pass game. And I truly think that Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins can have some success down the field. And if Dallas Goddard's uh, active, which which uh, Nick Sirianni says like he's going, to, he, he believes he's going to play, I think you have something there, and I think the Eagles really. Will will attack that that especially in between the hash marks against the Saints, and I think this I think the Eagles actually win this game. I think they had twenty four to twenty. I think the Eagles take this game, and all of a sudden now you're you're going in with momentum, with two straight wins, going against the Giants and the rest of this easy schedule. And I, I who would have thought we'd be saying this, but in playoffs may not may not be completely out of the out of the picture. I mean, what do you think about this upcoming matchup? Uh, I mean, look, I think. I think if you're betting on this being similar to last year, you're you're probably going to feel disappointed. Um, I mean, I think Miles Sanders is a key uh, component of why they won last year. Um, he had that electric run down the str- uh, I believe it was in the second quarter. They they got up pretty big, and then the Saints kind of had a comeback. Look, I, Trevor Simeon is a really smart quarterback, and smart quarterbacks tend to do well against the Eagles' offense. That said, he's limited athletically. His arm talent's limited. If you can hit him and kind of get him off his spot, which I think you will be able to do if both Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek are playing, um, that's a huge advantage for the Eagles. And I also think this is a good time to play somebody like Teron Jackson against some inexperience or, or untalented tackle. Um, I think this could be a big game for Josh Sweat. I think they do need to run the ball a lot. I think they need to be stubborn about it, frankly. But I also think Jalen Hurts can win if if uh, if Dallas, like you said, if Dallas Goddard's able to break free. I mean, Marcus Lattimore is going to be really tough, or Marshawn Lattimore is it Marcus or Marshawn? It, it's uh, Marcus, 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 Marcus. 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 Yeah, sorry, brain, sick brain. Um, if Lattimore's able doesn't. to 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 lock down uh, Devonte. It, we're, you're going to need to see somebody like Wes Watkins step up. You're going to need to see somebody like Jalen Rager step up. And I think if they can get one of those two guys to cut, excuse me, be a threat in the, um, the passing game, they'll feel good about it. I do think Jalen Hurts is going to have to use his legs pretty frequently. They're going to have to win with Dallas Goddard in the tight ends, though. I think this could be a game for Jack Stahl. This could be a game to kind of finally show what you have in Tyree Jackson. I like the idea of running the speed 21 because of that matchup on the outside, Latimer versus, uh, versus Smith. I still think Devontae's going to play well. I feel, still think he'll get his catches, but I think for the most part you want to kind of – skew away from Latimer, especially with the way that Jalen Hurts has been able to protect the ball. So let's kind of get into our predictions. I've got the Eagles winning 23-19. I just don't see Trevor Simeon being able to bounce back. The The Saints are 0-2 since he took over as starter. I think the Eagles are riding some rhythm and, and momentum, and I think they're going to get their first home win of the season. What do you got, Chris? 
Well, I got the Eagles winning 24 to 20, and and it'll actually be interesting to see how the link crowd responds to a win. I mean, it's been a very, very long time since they've seen, they seen one. So I think it's going to be uh, – that's what they're going to go with. So remember, guys, I, they, thank you guys for listening to this. Remember to make sure to subscribe to Eagles Extra. You know, we're always texting you guys and, and having some good conversations on there about what's going on with the Eagles' latest transactions. So – it's going to be interesting to to see what happens, and you know, we follow me follow me along, and uh, I'll be texting along with the game as well too. Mike's going to be texting his his uh, insights as well too. So feel free to send your questions, and also remember it's a free trial as well too, two week trial. So we enjoy that as well too. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you download, listen to your podcast. You know, whether it's Spreaker, iTunes, whatever. There's so many different podcast areas now. So make sure you do that and subscribe it. For Mike, I'm Chris. See you later. Deuces.